Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 39 of the Seize Us Show. Back at it again. I can't believe we're almost on episode 40. Um, you know, I just want to thank everyone who's been following me from day one. It's truly a blessing. Um, so keep spreading the love and, you know, we'll see where things go from here. But, you know, before I even get my guest on, you know, I like to talk about my previous episode. So literally episode 39, I had my boy Jamal Robinson on um, and I really want him to be on the show for such a long time because I love his basketball knowledge about the game in its entirety. Um, so we had numerous to- numerous topics, you know, ranging from the Hall of Fame talk, you know, obviously Grant Hill, Ray Allen, Steve Nash were among the candidates that were honored. Uh, Russell Westbrook's knee injury, the Timberwolves, the Timberwolves um, and Jimmy Butler's drama. They had Andrew Bynum, Andrew Bynum trying to make a comment back, um, you know, Gordon Hayward, you know, finally, you know, getting cleared to have full contact, Alonzo Ball and Andre Robertson getting their shot fixed, Kawhi actually smiling in a picture with Kobe. Um, there were so many things to talk about, um, and it was just a great, great episode. So um, that's what it is now, and then right now I'm about to have my cousin, Paul, cousin-in-law, Paul, who's from Boston. Um, he used to play D3 basketball in college, so he about to, we about to chat up for a little bit and, you know, just pick his brain and see, and see you know, what he knows about the game. So um, let me just give him a call real quick and we'll see what's good with that. Yo, yo, what's good? Not much, not much, man. I feel like I feel like it's deja vu right now. I feel like I actually talked to you, but I don't know. Maybe my mind's playing tricks with me, man. How you been? <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, but yeah, uh, like I was telling my, you know, my audience members, uh, you know, this episode 39, got my boy, uh, cousin-in-law um, by marriage, um, basically considered like an older brother to me, Paul. Uh, what do you want to say to the audience, Paul? Hello, world. You know, um, happy to be on the show. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm excited, but uh, yeah, you played a little bit of college basketball back in your day, right? Yeah, I played um, D3. Uh, I was 29 and 9, uh, won a little championship in college. You know, we were good. We were good. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> and if you had to compare yourself to, uh, you know, a modern NBA NBA player or, you know, numerous NBA players, you know, you know, while it's, while it's been going on, who would you compare yourself to? Um, I'll say, uh, I'll say Rasheed Wallace. Rasheed Wallace? I really like to post, you know, and I said my teammates, you know, I was a little wild, but no fights, no nothing. Okay. Call them a collective, call them a collective. Cool, cool. I only got to play with you like once or twice when you came to Newport News a couple of years ago. So um, you, had, you had a little some some. Uh, me meanwhile, I'm just like a Danny Green, just three and D type of player. But <laughs> uh-huh. we'll see what's good with that, man. But are you are you ready to get into the topics for today, man? Yeah, man, I'm ready. All right, all right. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. So, uh, first thing I want to touch upon was just you know the NBA training camp, um, and just to summarize a lot of things. NBA training camp or training day or whatever you want to call it, it actually started last week, Monday. It actually had a media day. So that's basically when um, everybody from their teams get together, put their jerseys on, get pictures taken by the media, um, you know, and just have these very, very personal interviews, you know, just talking about what they did in the offseason, what they learned from, you know, from last season, what they want to do, what, what they want to do to move forward and their expectations for the up and coming season. And the first thing that comes to mind is um, my favorite player who happened to get traded 
uh, to the Toronto Raptors for DeMar DeRozan, and I'm talking about Kawhi Leonard. So um, I kind of talk about Kawhi Leonard every every now and often, every now and so often. Um, but one thing that stuck out was something that went viral, um, and it was pretty interesting because Kawhi is a very, very um, introverted individual. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So he really doesn't have a personality, but, you know, for a lot of people who think he's a weirdo or whatever, whatever you want to call it, you there's always that one friend who's very, very quiet. But as you, you know, get to know them day by day by day, I feel like that's just the person that's the funniest to be cracking jokes. And it's just very unexpected from him. But let me play this little uh, insert about what he, you know, what he said about himself. Yo, Paul, I don't think I'll ever <laughs> I don't think I'll ever get over that laugh. Like it's went so viral. Like they they the thing about the internet is once you once you go viral, once something is uploaded, it's never gonna go away. No matter how bad you wanna go away, it's just never gonna go away. Um and it's crazy because they actually had like past videos of him laughing. So they had like a video called The Evolution of Kawhi Leonard and all of his all of his laughs fucking geek. So literally like this past weekend, my boy um just had his like 24th birthday party and we had a like, little Kawhi Leonard challenge and everyone was actually doing the laugh. So that joint just geek. But um how do you feel about this this random phenomenon that's going on? Do you think um, you know, that that, you know, his PR team should capitalize off of this? watched the video damn near a hundred times already but it just never gets yeah, old same, same, same. geeks man but anyways you know that's not that's not the real point um the real point is that he finally got some preseason action um he had a game against portland and he had a game against utah i believe um and he still you know we have he only played nine games last season with the san antonio spurs obviously he had that drama but just seeing him back out on the floor is really really um really really good so you know his mid-range looked really good um he had a nice little dish out to danny green um he really showcased his footwork so you obviously you know he worked with kobe bryant but it looked like he added something to his game um still looks great on the defensive end two-way player getting those steals and getting in transition to get fouled um and he had a filthy ass step back so um Kawhi leonard even though he doesn't look like he's at 100 percent yet like you know you told me before when we had you know conversations it's the preseason, so you know a lot of players are not going to go 100%. It's more so getting that foundation, letting the coaches see who, which players mesh well with one another and what their schemes are going to be, what their identity is going to be. Um, but Kawhi was looking really, really good, and it just makes me think, like, what do you think um, you know, are his expectations for the year and as well as Toronto's expectations? Well, I think it's, 
expectations is, you know, he wants to play as hard as he can this year because he's looking for the max contract. You know, I don't, do I think he's going to stay in Toronto? I guess we're going to have to wait and see, but my opinion, I think no. You know, he already voiced his opinion that he wants to go home, he wants to go to L.A., either the Clippers or the Lakers, most likely the Clippers. So I, I really doubt he'll stay, unless they could win a championship in Toronto, but Again, he's kind of a weird guy, you know. Even if they <laughs> won a championship, he'll probably leave anyway, you know. I was thinking that too. I was like, yo, what if he went to the finals, let's say lost yeah, to the Warriors you know. in six games, and then he still rocked? Yeah, you know, he'll probably tell his uncle that he wants to leave, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think that's a distraction, you know, after every single game? You know, there's going to be that, you know, random dude from the media that's like, oh, uh, so are you thinking about free agency or this is that? Do you think that really has an impact on the whole team? I don't think he'll be like, you know, his family would be anything like LeVar Ball or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think it could be a distraction. Because, you know, they say, um, you know, you don't mix business with family sometimes. You know what I mean? So, yeah. in that case, uh, it, you know, it could tarnish his uh, image a little bit. Because it did look bad, you know, from, you know, him leaving the Spurs and wanting to leave there. Because, you know, that's one of the best organizations in the NBA. Yeah. That you'd be a part of, you know. Yeah, I, so it's just kind of shocking that he didn't want to be there. They have legends like Tim Duncan, you know, Amari Ginobili, Parker. All these guys were there, you know. You know, the Admiral was there. You know, all these people had great careers, and you know, for the Spurs, you know, same coach, everything. You know, it's just kind of they kind of threw everybody for a loop. And yeah. then he won a championship with the Spurs. Exactly, the Finals MVP, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, yeah, man, MVP candidate in like two straight years. You know, Pop had you under his wing. You know, he, you know, he had you when you were a little pup in the NBA. Now, you know, now you want to go for what? A sneak a deal? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? What do you want? You, you think know, it's? You think things. it's? I thought you could have got to, You know, you could have got that uh, at San Antonio. You know, I don't think he really had to leave, but. I don't know. I guess you want to be close to home. I don't know. But sometimes home could be a distraction for the NBA players as well, too. Yeah. Yeah, you got old people hitting you up saying, what's good, what's good. I got this new idea. I just need an investment, blah, blah, blah. Like, you don't need none of that distraction. Yeah. But I feel like he he has a very, 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 very small circle, so he wouldn't even have to worry about that. Oh, yeah. Well, you could tell by his damn laugh that he has a small circle. I don't think his circle's that big with a laugh like that. Yeah. I agree, but it it makes me think, because I know, like, when he was in high school, his father got killed. I think they owned, like, a car wash company or something like that, and I guess his mom was like, he's never been the same after that. So it makes me think with his uncle, I'm assuming his uncle um, was probably his dad's brother. You think, like, that's kind of like a father figure to him to the point where he's easily influenced by his uncle? Oh, yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Probably stepped in there and uh, took over as, you know, the father role and whatnot, you know, Yeah, it just makes me think like, what really happened? Like, do you think it was that serious that they misdiagnosed injury, or was it just is it just going to be something that we'll never know, never fully know, never fully I grasp? Think we'll, I think we'll figure it all out at the thirty for thirty. <laughs> <laughs> you think you guys are going to talk for the thirty for thirty? I believe for the thirty for thirty. I already know. 
30 for 30 things will probably come out. I don't think he'll come out during the season. He's kind of quiet. You know, he's one of those, you know, he wants to have his max deal, so he's not going to say anything bad about the Spurs. Mm-hmm. You know, and other teams might not want to go, you know, give him a max contract. Yeah, I feel that. I definitely feel that. things to say about another organization, why would he say it about their organization <laughs> if he doesn't like it, you know? Yeah, and it's... <laughs> And, it, and I remember when Kawhi was still with San Antonio, apparently he still had like a 1997 Chevy Tahoe. Yeah. Like very, very low maintenance dude. I think dude. it finally broke down and he <laughs> got a Porsche or something, something like that. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Oh, like, man. come on, my nigga. Um, and then also, they actually, um, I guess after uh, practice or whatever, the Toronto media, the Toronto Raptors media um, interviewed him. And they were basically like, yo, did you, like, hear about this video that went viral? And he was like, nah, I don't got no social media. I don't do nothing. And basically, he was like, I guess, I, he was basically like, I guess this is what, you know, comes with the territory when you're this high caliber of a player. I was like, oh, okay, well, you're giving yourself a little pat on the back, I see. I mean, obviously, you are a high caliber player, but to not have no social media, nothing, like, it's, 20, it's 2018, right? I know, I know. Mm. You know, what's going on. Yeah, man, but uh, what are your... Sometimes, you, you know, as a, a person in the NBA and a person in the spotlight, you know, sometimes uh, social media can be real negative, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> Kevin like, Durant. You know, exactly. <laughs> you know, get the fake account, right? Yeah, get the fake account. Like, I don't get it, man. Like, you don't have to respond to these fans. Like, they're, I mean, exactly. obviously they're human beings at the end of the day, but, like, you're... They they really don't have no say. They don't know the game of basketball no. like that, so their opinion shouldn't matter. Exactly, and nine, honestly, you know, not to sound like a bully or anything like that, but ninety percent of the time, you click that picture, you'd be like, okay, I'm not even gonna say anything about this guy mm. or this girl or whoever, because look at that damn picture. <laughs> you know, this is a, they're just looking for that moment of fame or the likes, like clout. You know, so yeah, not even worth it. And I still feel like he hasn't. Like, yeah, I feel, I feel like he still hasn't accepted the fact that he made that decision because I think heart to heart he really knows that it was weak and I feel like he's a little insecure about certain things. Um, but I don't know. That's just my two-piece. Well, that's that's the NBA player nowadays anyway, you know? How many times do we have to, you know, same thing about LeBron, how many times do we got to tell him he's great? Mm-hmm. You know, that you're a good dude, you're great, you're great, you're great. And it's almost like he doesn't feel it unless you tell him he's great, you know? Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird how some of these players are. Yeah, I guess some players just need you that know? validation. Yeah, real real sensitive. You yeah. know, but that's the era. You know, that's the new era. These guys are all sensitive and, you know, they work out with each other. Nobody hates, really hates each other. Mm. That's why I really have a lot of respect for, like, Embiid. You know, he's, he's quick to talk trash. He doesn't care. You know, I like that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, um, you know, before we even leave the whole Kawhi Leonard, uh, you know, segment, uh, what are your expectations for him um, this season? Do you think he's going to be top five in the MVP race? Um, how far do you think? I mean, how how high of a seat you think he's going to have, and uh, how do you think the team's going to fare in the playoffs? Well, you know what? Um, I think uh, yeah, I'll put it up there. I think he'll be in the MVP race. Um, going, you know, going to a new team. Adjusting, um, especially once the max contract, so you know he wants to play. Especially he didn't play last year, and you know all the negativity and what was going on with him and the Spurs. So I think he's going to have a great season. Um, I don't know how far they they would go in the playoffs. I would say probably, I'd probably say Eastern Conference Finals. 
I'd say it was, it was the farthest they'll go. Maybe semifinals too. They'll get bumped out. And probably the 76ers or the Celtics if, they have, if he has to go against one of them. But um, I think Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think uh, the 76ers have enough to beat the Toronto Raptors. Mm. I think the Toronto Raptors will beat them. Mm. Uh, 76ers are a little too young. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Um, yeah, and then my next. What, what do you think his numbers going to be looking like this year? Because I think when he was in MVP form, obviously before the whole Zaza Pacheep shot, um, he averaged like twenty five. I think twenty five, five and three, some shit like that. Yeah, I, I was going to say something like that because he's he's really consistent. Yeah, you know? and very efficient too. Yeah, very efficient and consistent. You know, he's he's really twenty five. Yeah, 25. I don't think he'll do over 30. I'd say 25, 26, something like that, or 24. Mm-hmm. But it'll be in the 20 range. Yeah, definitely. definitely. For sure. So with him going to the East, do you think he is the best player in the East right now or he still has to prove himself because he is coming off uh, that injury in that crazy season? Yeah, I think he, I think he has to prove himself. Mm-hmm. Coming off that crazy season, the injury and everything like that, I think he has to prove himself before. I'm going to call him the best player in the East. You know, he's still got... You know, Giannis, you know, the Greek freak over there. You know, if he has a jump shot this season, watch out. You know what I mean? You got him. You got you still got Kyrie Irving, even though he's on the Celtics and the Celtics are loaded. You know, you, you still got, uh, um, you still got, uh, what's his name over there on the uh, 76ers? Um, not in Braveheart right now. Markel? Um, Embiid. Oh, Embiid, Embiid. Still got Embiid over there. Mm-hmm. You know, Hopefully he could lose a little weight and has better footwork this year and could stay on the court. <laughs> yeah. Without any injuries, you know, but I don't know, we, there's some tough ones out there, but um if he has a good season, M V P season, I say yeah, definitely. If he could take them over the top, get them into the you know, the playoffs, Eastern Conference finals, maybe even the finals, but I don't think he's gonna beat my Celtics. <laughs> you know. Then definitely, you know, best player. By far, yeah, because easily the best two-way player in the league, easy, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, it's only training camp. I mean, uh, yeah, training camp slash preseason right now. So you know, anything can happen. Any injury can happen. You know, with the Celtics or with the Seventy Sixers, and you know, some wild shit will happen. And LeBron James is out of the East, so it's it's yeah. wide open right now. So. We'll, yeah. we'll definitely figure some things out. But moving on from that, uh, you know, we were talking about the 76ers a little bit. Um, they kind of lost some key players that were a part of their bench in Ilyasova and Bellinelli. Bellinelli went back to the Spurs. Ilyasova went back to the Bucks. Um, and everyone was saying, like, yo, like, are you guys going to actually make a, you know, a move in free agency? Because all you guys need is that one piece to get you guys over the hump. You have everything intact. Um, you, you know, you got that stretch four in Sark. You got this basically modern-day Hakeem Olajuwon uh, with Joel Embiid. You got a mini Braun and Ben Simmons. And, um, you know, you got a, you know, your 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 perfect shooting guard in a in a JJ Redick and your perfect three and D um, with the you know Covington. So it's like, yo, what is the next move to make? Um, they missed out on some players. They could have got a Jimmy Butler. They could have traded for a Kawhi Leonard. They could have got a LeBron James and such and such a Paul George. But um, 
moves weren't made. Um, I don't know if it was because of the whole Colangelo um, tweets, um, texts, or whatever that was going on, but I guess they really weren't appealing uh, because it's just a piece away. But I guess they actually did have their free agency move because Markel Fultz is back in the mix, and Markel Fultz only played about 14 games last year. Um, I think he was just going through some um, some mental issues and uh, I think he said he had like a shoulder problem as well too and he just got his jump shot altered which was crazy because he was a pretty good you know shooter in college Um, but I really don't know what happened but you know just seeing these first um, two preseason games I'm really really loving Markel Foster literally like they actually it really feels like they actually signed um, a new player on their team because his confidence looking crazy obviously like we said it's only preseason but his offensive package, man, is is looking really wild. Um, he's so quick. He's so shifty. Um, you know, his finishing is great. Kind of reminds me of like a Tony Parker finishing around the rim. Um, and what I, what really stood out was his jump shot. Um, you know, I saw him pull up for mid-ranges. Saw him hit a corner three with a swish. His form just looks a little bit more fluid. It still looks a little weird, but it still looks definitely better from last year. Um, and they said this summer he actually took with his trainer over 160,000 jump shots. Um, so that was uh, that's 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 a lot of work. I mean, that's that's at that point it's just repetition um, and your mental state at that point. So. Um, if he took that many shots, then I think he's going to be fine going into the season. And, um, he might be in the run for, you know, six man. I don't know if he's going to start now. I know he did start over JJ Reddy because they wanted to add some new, um, maybe to cover up Ben Simmons jump shot that he doesn't have, or he, he said he's been working on. I don't know, but I really like, um, Markel folks this year. So I think he's going to do some big things, man. What are your whole thoughts on that? Is he gonna get rookie of the year? <laughs> <laughs> I was about to, I was thinking that too, but he's not he's not eligible for that, right? He might get rookie of the year like Ben Simmons, you know. But he played fourteen games, I guess he can, right? Mm-hmm. But um, no, um, I think so. I think um, you know, it's it's the preseason, so it's actually kind of hard. But he's playing, you know, he's not having, you know, it's easy to knock down these threes with no hand in your face, you know. He's not, nobody's really playing defense, you know, there's really not any real defense on him, so I think I need I need more tape, you know, you gotta show me more before mm-hmm. I sit there and uh, judge your jump shot or, or anything like that, but um, the 76ers, I think this summer they failed they mm-hmm. failed big time, miserably, when it came to signing free agents mm-hmm. and whatnot. I, I don't think um, I don't think the team got better at all um I actually think they got worse because their bench is worse. They, they really don't have a bench. Mm-hmm. You know, you got J.J. Redick, and after that, who else? Uh, who did sign? Wilson you know? Chandler? I, I really don't remember him playing. Oh, I haven't watched yeah. his – I don't remember. I guess, the, the, I guess he was on the Nuggets before he got traded over or signed over here, so I didn't really watch the Nuggets like that, so I don't know what his game looks like anymore. So, yeah. so you know, um, it's, it's pretty bad, you know, it's – who did they really have? You know, they, mm-hmm. they made it to the semifinal. They lost, you know, they lost to the Celtics, even though the Celtics were down. You know, a couple of players. They still lost to the Celtics, and you know, kind of young, you know. But then again, so were the Celtics. So you know, it's it's hard to say what their uh, futures going to be. I think they'll be the third seed. When it comes to the playoffs. So you think Toronto's going to get the number yeah. two seed? 
Yeah, I think Toronto will get the number two seed. I think the 76ers will get the three seed. If Embiid can stay healthy, if folks can find a jumper. And Ben Simmons, I don't know what's going on with his jumper. I didn't, uh, you know, I must be blind or whatnot, but I didn't see him take one jump shot at all during the preseason. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... um. Yeah, bro. Like I saw, he's, he's about a, I would say he's a jump shot away from being the next big thing. Yeah, know? if he had, the, I love Kawhi and all that. I love the Greek Freak. I love Kyrie. I love John Wall. I love Victor Depot's emergence and whatnot. But I feel like if he has a jump shot to where at least it's respectable, he may be the best player in the East. And I was like, bro, like you're not even. Man can run, jump, shoot, you know. Dude, he might be seven feet. <laughs> he really might be seven feet, bro. Yeah. And it's crazy because like they were playing, they were playing not even an NBA team, um, and there was a point where he act, he could actually shoot from the free throw line. Instead, he waited and then he threw it off the glass and then he passed it to Markel Fultz for the layup. I mean, yeah. the sequence looked oh, nice, but it was like, come yeah. on, bro, like come, like come on, man, shoot that. Finds every wave, and then you know the people that are covering him. You know, the point guys. Uh huh. Six, seven, or six. You know, even you know the people that are covering him are not as tall as him. Yeah. And if they're as tall as him, they can't stay with him because they're not fast enough. But if they're fast enough, they're not as tall as him. They're too short. So it's you know he's, he, he's a constant mismatch. And, you know, there's going to be a point in his career that he needs to develop that jump shot, you know. Not now, because obviously he's so young. You know, he's still got his legs under him, but there's going to come a time he's not going to have those legs under him and he needs to develop that jump shot, you know. Good now than later, the way I say it. Hmm. I mean, they said even Magic Johnson even worked on his jump shot. I won't the best, but it was still respectable. Yeah. So. You know, the Magic was, what, 6'9"? You know, yeah, six nine. Point guard. Yeah. So. You know, that's somebody. You know, somebody he should probably call. You know, <laughs> try to figure out how you got a jump shot. You know, what's a respectable one. You know. Right. I think uh, when they got eliminated from the Celtics, I think when they got eliminated from the Celtics, I think a commentator was like, "Yo, are you gonna like go to these like legendary players like a Kobe or whatever and like." You know, ask him to work on your shot. And basically, it was like no. But then you got you know humble ass players like a Kuzma, like an Ingram, and whoever who like a Jason Tatum who want to get better. I feel like part of evolving your game and trying to get better is learning from the guys that came before you. So I feel like you shouldn't be you know you shouldn't have too much pride because if you need help, go seek that. That's what they're there to do. They're teachers. Yeah, you know you got any. You know, any of these guys he could have asked. I'm sure if he asked Reggie Miller or Ray Allen, you know, great shooters like that, uh, retired, you know, some of the best shooters in the game, they would definitely help you out. You know? Mm-hmm. Steph Curry's dad, I'm sure, would even help him out <laughs> if he wanted to, you know? You think it's a little weird since he's a lefty? Uh, no, because actually, usually lefties usually have better forms than righties. Mm-hmm. You know, which is weird. He's such a terrible shot, but yeah, usually, usually lefties have a, a better form and a better looking stroke. You know, mm-hmm. but it's, it's kind of weird that he's a lefty and um, can't shoot for shit. <laughs> can't shoot for a damn thing. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, enough enough of Philly, man. You know, I know you're from Boston. You got the whole accent and everything, man. So you know we got to talk about Boston a little bit. Um, and just going a little bit back in time, you know, with their whole media day availability and whatnot. Um, one thing that really stood out to me, well, not even really what stood out to me, what I had, what what I thought about, and what a lot of people thought about was. Well, you know, Gordon Hayward, you know, got injured within the first couple of minutes against Cleveland in the opening night last season. Kyrie Irving had, you know, some knee problems, had to get, you know, some surgery and whatnot. I think he had like a infection in his knee or whatever. Um, so it's like you had these stars that emerged in the Jason Tatum who proved that he can be a franchise player, Rozier, who proved, you know, he can be a starter, Jalen Brown, who proved if he can stay consistent, he's a guy to be reckoned with. You know what I'm saying? You have all these players that emerged and you have your two max players out and come back in. So my question is like, well, my thoughts are like, yo, there's definitely going to be some you know, ego issues aside, because some people like a Rozier, he's on, he's, I think this is last year's rookie contract. So he kind of wants to play out, you know, he wants to get his money. Kyrie Irving's about to be a free agent. He wants to get his money. Um, so it's like, are all these egos going to, you know, clash with one another? Are things going to, are they going to actually coexist and, and like what's going on? But when I really actually saw them, saw their emotions in their face and whatnot, it really seemed like they're all about winning because I feel like last year they saw, but they saw their potential of what they can be. And, you know, having this group back, you you know, it's definitely, you know, um, you know, anything can happen. So um, one thing that really stood out to me was how they basically said, you know, it's all about, you know, being humble and sacrificing um, and, you know, just doing whatever it takes to, you know, get to where they want to be. You know, they would definitely want to win a championship. Kyrie Irving, you know, got interviewed and he was like, yo, do you think you can beat the Golden State Warriors? And he said, absolutely. You know, this was the most talent I've played on before, but we have to really humble ourselves. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on the Celtics? I mean, they look really, really good in the preseason and, you know, Tatum played well. Um, obviously with Gordon Hayward, he just came back from an injury, so he's going to need a couple games to get under his belt, but, you know, the defense still looked intact. You know, they had Brad Stevens, who's the best coach. And, and boy, oh boy, man, Kyrie, man. I saw this one video. I mean, not one video, one post on Instagram. And it was like, which Kyrie would you play with? They had the modern-day one, the headband Kyrie with the fro. They had the mask Kyrie when he was on the Celtics. And then the normal Kyrie when he got traded. So that joint was kind of – that joint geeked me out a little bit. But, uh, yeah, man, with everything I just said, like, what are your thoughts on the Celtics – are they going to, you know, put the ego aside? Um, how far do you think they can get? And, you know, and I remember Kyrie said he'd be a fool um, to leave the Celtics with, you know, when they're when they're the team of the future, the team, you know, to beat. Um, so what are your thoughts on all this? So I think the Celtics, I think the Celtics will go all the way to um, the NBA Finals. Mm. Definitely. You know, it goes Barring from injury. top to bottom. Uh, I would say, yeah, exactly. You know, as long as no serious injuries to any major players, but um, you know, knock on wood. But um, you know, from top to bottom, you know, you got Terry Rozier coming off the bench. You know, Marcus Smart. You know, um, um, Marcus Morris. You know, Semi Ojale. They, they are stacked, mm-hmm. and that's not even the starting five. You know, you know, yeah. you got Baines off the bench. You know, I, I think they really have a solid a solid bench and a lot of mismatches and a lot of guys that can rotate, you know, just so everybody can stay fresh against those teams like Houston and, and the Warriors even, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of great matchups. Um, and uh, the development
development of the young guys too, like Tatum, Terry Rozier, and um, Jalen Brown as well too is very important for the team, especially all what they've uh, learned last year in, in the playoffs and you know how you have to take your game to a whole other level. Mm-hmm. You know, and every game is different. You know, the scout reports always going to be different on you. They're going to change things up. They're going to try to confuse you. They're going to throw all these different other players on you. You know, I think that. Uh, I think it really benefited them, you know, all the young players that, you know, that, you know, Irving was out and Gordon was out, you know, that really helped them out a lot. And, um, you know, I think it's a really, really good future for the Celtics. You know, Kyrie Irving, honestly, in my opinion, he'd be foolish to leave the Celtics. Um, I think the Celtics probably are the only team that could give him, that could actually give him the most uh, money when it comes to a max contract. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure they'll probably be willing to, um, which stinks because they're probably going to have to part ways. Rozier. Terry Rozier. And probably Marcus know, Smart. There's no way he's going to stay, you know. Um, but it's like, is this the team of the future? Because you got Tatum, who's still on a rookie contract. You got Jalen Brown, who has to get paid too. So can they really last that long with the salary cap? I think so. Mm. I think they'll be all right. You know, I think so. Because uh, you got Tatum, who eventually will get paid. Jalen Brown will get paid. You know, they'll, they'll probably adjust Gordon and um, and Horford's contracts. Mm-hmm. You know, probably let go a couple of bench players or whatnot, you know. Yeah, I mean, but, um, and, it's like, and it's like a coach yeah, pop. I think they're built for the future. Yeah. You know, and Tatum and Jalen Brown are definitely big pieces of the Celtics' future. Yeah. You know. And then they still have the draft picks on top of still that. Still have you know, the draft have picks. Sacramento's first round draft pick, which is mostly, most likely going to be a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So, Celtics are smart, man. Really smart. Those, You know, that Brooklyn gift just keeps on giving, you know. It keeps on giving. The rich get richer, huh? Yeah. Rich get richer. <laughs> Rich get richer, man. But I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, no LeBron James there. Are we are we overhyping the Celtics? You know, obviously they did have Kyrie and Gordon going. I, I mean, honestly, I I think that if Kyrie um, played in the playoffs, they would have definitely went to the finals. Um, but a lot of people, you know, are quick to jump on this bandwagon with the Celtics. They're like, oh, they were one game away from the conference finals, but they played against the Cavs, who were the worst defensive team, one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA, and they lost. Um, they went seven games against Milwaukee as well, too. Although they did beat Boston, I mean, but although they did beat Philly, Philly could have easily have won that series um, if it didn't come down to, you know, just... I think it came down to coaching with that series. Um, and obviously, yeah. Ben Simmons got exposed as well, too, but there could have been a few different adjustments he could have thrown out there to make them successful. Um, who's calling me right now? Um, so yeah, um, that's, that's, you know, definitely, uh, you know, some things to think about. And I feel like, I think Indiana's going to be, you know, a team that's not going to get, you know, Indiana's going to be a team that's not going to get, you know, blown out or anything like that. But I think they're going to fight. I think with the addition of Dwight Howard, um, and then you also have, what's his name? Uh, Austin Rivers. And then you also have Jeff Green. I think you know, the Wizards are going to be pretty good. And John Wall missed half of the season last year, and he has something to prove as well, too. Um, so, 
you know, they could make some noise as well, too. Like I said, the emergence of the Greek freak, and they got Budenholzer as well, too. So I expect them to make a big leap. Toronto's still up there as well, too. Philly's still there, too. So um, there's some pretty solid teams in the East. Obviously, they're not like the West, but, you know, I don't think Boston... I don't know if they're going to, you know, pull a Golden State or like a, a Lakers team and just sweep everybody. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I don't think they'll sweep anybody. Um, you know, they're definitely going to give the Warriors a run for their money. I think that, I think those two teams will be in the finals, definitely. Uh, Brad Stevens is a great coach. You know, uh, you're talking about the playoffs. Um, you know, I don't think we're overhyping the Celtics at all. You know, we think Brad Stevens is a great coach. And then you have to factor in, we, you know, last year the Celtics didn't have Gordon. Um, they didn't have Kyrie Irving for the playoffs. They didn't have Gordon all season. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he only played a couple minutes of the first game for the regular season. And, you know, he had that terrible injury. You know, so I, I think, are we overhyping the Celtics? No, I think we, we see what they could be, that they have those two main pieces there. And then on top of that, you know, them young boys, you know, they got a little old, they got a little stronger over the summer. You know, they worked on their game, you know. So I think we, you know, I think we're not overhyping it. I think, I think the Celtics are here, you know. I think LeBron, you know, he made a good decision to get out of the East while he still could, you know. <laughs> yeah, because like, and, and that's so what I was telling I don't think he was going to go to the finals with the, with the Cavs if he stayed, let me tell you. Oh, no, no way, he because... And, and like I say, too, I be telling my friends, like, these small market teams are not meant to thrive. Like, the only, like the Spurs got lucky getting David Robinson and Tim Duncan and having a legendary coach and drafting well. But, like, unless you draft well and you can actually get marquee free agents, you're, you're always going to be in the middle of, you know, a middle-tier team. You know what I'm saying? Like, L.A. is always going to, you know, be good. Philly's going to be good. Golden State's going to be good. Like, they are big cities that attract talent. No one wants to go to Milwaukee. No one wants to go to Utah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No one wants to go to Portland. So, I feel like these other teams are never going to be that great unless they, you know, unless it starts within, you know, the front office. Um, and that kind of sucks. Yeah. It's true. You know, it's, it's true. But, you know, it's, <laughs> what can you do? You know, that's just the way it is. You know, at the end of the day, if free agents, they could go wherever they want to go. You know, exactly. And nowadays, like, there's no loyalty anymore because before, back in the day, like, if you got drafted by a team, more than likely. Unless you were a restricted free agent and someone matched an offer and they didn't want to pay, you're going to stay on that team basically for your whole career. Nowadays, yeah. once you're a free agent, oh, I'm not like in the front office, though. I don't like the pieces around me. I'm about to rock. <laughs> so. And you know what? I, I kind of like the the new age players. Uh, you know, I, don't get me wrong. I hate the. Uh, sometimes a super team could be annoyed, you know, with the team with all these players that are just. You know, two MVPs, this, that, the other. Um, you know, because then when certain games are on, you're not going to want to watch. And, you know, it's terrible for the viewers. You know, I don't want to see the Knicks play. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I don't want to put on the TV for a Knicks game. Nah. You know, you know, the, you know, the Knicks versus, let's say, uh, Chicago. Oh, God. You know, you make that a Christmas game. And who's watching that? Nobody. You nah, know? Nah. Nobody but those fans, you know. It's those are not good games. 
you know. unfortunately. And it's sad because Chicago, you know, Jordan's legacy over there, and, and the Knicks have a great legacy over there, too, you know, mm. with Patrick Ewan, but they're not bringing in the talent. And, you know, if they're not bringing in the talent and bringing in the free agents, it's time to look at the ownership. You know, these players are talking, you know. Yeah. These players talk, and there's a reason why nobody wants to go to New York, and it's not because it's the Big Apple and they can't handle the pressure at all. It's, it's management. Yeah. Some of these some of these teams are just not properly managed. That's the problem. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's not just that these cities are low market or whatnot. It's, it's, these players want to feel wanted. You know, They want to feel that the team wants them to be there, the organization wants them to be there, you know. They have families to worry about. Their family's going to be taken care of. You know, all these little things sound small, but they're actually big things to these players. I don't think these uh, owners really realize, you know. Yeah, it definitely stops from the top down. A lot of these guys have families, you know. Yeah, I agree. Need some type of stability. Yeah, I agree 100% too. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a couple of small market teams, you know, that are always going to, you know, do well. One small market team that I actually like a lot is actually Oklahoma City, and I love their GM, um, Sam Presti. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, yeah. even though they're a small market team, they still took pride and drafted the right players. They drafted Kevin Durant. They drafted Russell Westbrook. They drafted Jeff Green. They drafted Reggie Jackson. They drafted James Harden. They drafted Serge Ibaka. The list goes on. Steven Adams. Um, list goes on and on. So, um, and then James for, Harden. yeah, James Harden, I'm mad they let him go, but I don't know why you're going to keep Serge Ibaka over Harden. But at the same time, I understand during that point in time, but like, if you got James Harden on the rise, you got to take him. Um, but yeah, just their ability to always. Uh, I think it was four mil. All they had to give them was four mil. Yeah, yeah. Four extra million dollars. Yeah. That's it. And they were too cheap. They let them go. Look at them, MVP now. Yeah, literally all three of their top three players are all MVPs now, which is crazy. Um, yeah. Which is very, very crazy. But what I was saying was like, um, you know, even though they're not, you know, an attractable place, they still managed to be in they still they still they're still able to compete on a on a yearly basis and I really respect that. Yeah, that that's when you gotta look at management. Mm-hmm. Great management right there. Yeah. You know, they know how to sell the organization to the players. Yeah. You know? Let them know why you why we need you, why you should be here, we'll take care of you, we'll take care of your family. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what they want to hear. Unfortunately, you know Yeah. Some of these owners just feel like, oh, we're New York, so <laughs> you should come here because we're New York. Yeah. You know? What the hell's that? Right. You know? Yeah. Well, you know me, I need a good company culture. I got, Like you said, I got to feel one and I got to feel like I, yeah. I make an impact with them. I don't want to be there and, you know, my owner's racist or I hear this and this and that or, exactly. you know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely agree with you on that, man. Um, and just speaking of bad owners... Dan Gilbert, Dan Gilbert for Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, is not that good of an owner. I don't even really want to talk about this guy. The main guy I want to talk about is Tristan Thompson because he's very, he's very, very delusional. He got interviewed um, on like the first or second day of training camp. <laughs> I'm basically going to paraphrase what he said. I don't really want to point out the quotes. But basically he was saying, we went to the finals four straight years. We're the Eastern Conference champions. Um, you know, Philly can't say shit. Toronto can't say shit. They saw what happened, and the Celtics can't say shit. So unless you beat us, we're still the team that you got to basically bang with. <laughs> and when I heard... <laughs> oh. oh, man. I, I don't know what you're thinking. What are you thinking? And it's not like he's... What are you thinking? Like, he sounds crazy. 
Yeah. And it's like, obviously, you know, Kevin Love is an all-star. Even if Kevin Love said that, I would have still laughed, but I've been like, all right, like you actually are a solid player. Like you can you can yeah. afford to say that. But not Tristan Thompson. Like one series in the playoffs, you were on the bench. Like, what are you talking about right now? <laughs> you know, you just lost your your ninety percent <laughs> of everything you guys do. Ninety percent. So who's gonna take that shot? <laughs> Who's going to take the last second shot? You know, who's going to go to the free throw line? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Tristan? Listen, whatever he's drinking over there in uh, Kardashian land, he needs to put that drink down there. That Kardashian water crazy. He needs to put that down. Say no. Say no. That's ridiculous. Oh, man. I saw it on Instagram. I was like, man, I don't even know. I just got the little feed down there. I was like, man. Tristan, Tristan, Tristan. Yeah, they're not even going to make the playoffs, man. They're going to be a lottery pick team, probably. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but, you know, he's just trying to he's just trying to hack up Cleveland because there's really nothing going on in Cleveland. Yeah, I don't even think they're only going to get sold out when, like, the Warriors come or, like, the Celtics come or when LeBron returns. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, that's it. Damn. That is it. That sucks. There's absolutely nothing going on in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, as Joker Noah said, do you hear anybody, do you hear anyone saying they're going on vacation to Cleveland? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but Joker Noah, man, that boy is wild. When he was in Chicago, he said, do you know anybody that goes on vacation to Cleveland? Because mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> you got a point. Definitely do got a point, man. Definitely got a point, but man, um, yeah, the Rockets actually played uh, the other night. Um, I think they played. I can't remember who they played. I want to say they played Sacramento. No, they didn't play Sacramento because DeAndre Ayton played about played against Sacramento. So we'll talk about that later. They played a team. Can't remember who it was, but Carmelo Anthony looked really good. Um, and before you know this, the preseason even started, um, I don't know if he just wanted to say the right answer, but it kind of felt like. You know, he accepted his role, whatever it would be, you know, you know, whether that be, you know, starting off in the regular season and then, you know, coming off the bench or vice versa. Um, And I remember when we were chatting a little earlier today, you were basically saying, you know, with Brad Stevens, the reason why he's so great, because he well, with any coach in general, but you pointed out Brad Stevens, you were saying basically. With the coach, you have to let your players know what their role is going to be before the season starts. And then one thing that Melo said was that, you know, when he was with Billy Donovan with OKC in that system, they really didn't specify what his role was going to be. It was more so we we're going to play through it and we're going to figure it out. So he was never really comfortable. And I feel like now that, you know, he has a best friend and, you know, a great leader in Chris Paul, he has a, you know, MVP in James Harden, and you have your old coach, Mike D'Antoni, who's an offensive genius. I feel like when they had that sit down and they talked, he really respected what they had to say. And I feel like we're going to have a rejuvenated Melo. Obviously, he's not going to be Melo from Denver or early years in Knicks, but I feel like being a third option now, um, I think we're going to actually see, you know, Olympic Melo. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think so. I think so. I think Melo's, you know, this is a great move for Melo. You know, he's going to be with Chris Paul. Chris Paul will put him in a great, posi- you know, great position in knockdown shots. You know, he'll be with Harding. He, you know, he won't have the weight on his shoulders, you could put some of that, you know, you could put all that weight on Harding. And, you know, he, he could really 
I think he could really have his career blossom all over again. You know, it was, it was tough to watch my over there with the Thunders, you know, but then again, you know, it shows you what, you know, how good these coaches really are. Yeah. You know, you you got to tell, you know, you have to give your players some type of assignment. Like, this is what we need you to do during the season, you know, if we're going to be successful. Mm. You know, Carmelo was just pretty much on the island. Yeah. You know, he's used to shooting the ball whenever he wants to. Now he's playing Russell Westbrook and Paul George, and he doesn't want to be, you know, the asshole teammate. So he, he was giving up a lot of shots that I felt like he should have took. And there were some shots that I felt like he probably shouldn't have took, you know, mm-hmm. or taken, I should say. Boston's like over there. But, um, you know, I just feel he, he needed a role. He's good. He's on Houston. Now he has a role. He has his boy, um, Chris Paul, with him, you know, and the chemistry is there. You know, so I, I think he's going to flourish over there. I think he's going to do great in Houston. You know, I really do. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, one left for Mel. I definitely want to see him be happy uh, first and foremost um, and just be able to compete. You know what I'm saying? So um, last year, obviously, you know, they lost in the first round 4-1. No one would have thought that. I thought they were going to beat him in 6-7, but, uh, you know, it came down to coaching and if it came down to stubbornness and it came down to low play, low play by not only Melo, but also um, with Paul George, too. Like, you don't I think he went like four of sixteen in Game Five closeout. Like, yo, come on, bro. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, I would love to see you know uh, a rematch in the East. I mean, the Western Conference Finals between Houston and between Golden State. But I kind of wish that Houston kept the same team because obviously they were offensive juggernaut. But what really helped them and got them over the hump was they were very, very defensive oriented. And I think they said, um, they lost their defensive coordinator. He went elsewhere. Um, and then they lost Trevor Reza and they lost, uh, what's his name? Bamute. Um, so it was going to be really, really interesting to see with the addition of Carmelo Anthony, with the addition of, um, Brandon Knight with the addition of what's that dude, Michael Carter Williams, how are they going to mesh together? So it's going to be real interesting to see that. I think they, they lost a little bit on defense, or I should say a lot on defense. But they gained some offense, you know. But, you know, we all know defense wins ball games. Yeah. You, know, you shoot as many threes as you want. You know, we all saw what happened during the Warriors. Oh, my God. Even though they didn't have Chris Paul, it was a complete meltdown. You know, they, they were taking all these threes, all these shots, you know. And, you know, that whole philosophy, they say you live by the three, you die by the three. Really died by the three. <laughs> you know. And they, they, oh yeah, they died. Mm. They died. Man, it was, it was pretty bad to watch. Damn. I still feel like if Chris Paul played Game Seven, they would have won that shit. Yeah, I think so too. <sighs> I think so too because you know, Chris Paul is he's the X factor. No, for sure. You know, he puts. He's a true point guard. You know, and he puts. He knows how to put, his, just like Rondo, he knows how to put players in the right spots yeah. to make them flourish on the court, you know. Mm-hmm. He's really, really good at that. Really and, and, and that boy, and that boy can score, and that boy can score too, because a lot of times in that playoff series, they'll be up in the half, um, and then go to state with, you know, go to state, they have that crazy ass, um, third quarter spree, and he would keep them afloat. 
Um, and it just sucked that, you know, you couldn't you play game six or seven. His hamstring must have been real, real tight. Yeah. And you know what? I, I think nowadays he kind of gets underrated. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think he gets enough credit that he should be getting Chris Paul. You know, he's, he does a lot. Another person that does a lot of things that you don't see in the box sheets or on the scoreboard. I shouldn't even say scoreboard, but he does a lot of things like put his players in the right position. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say, you know, and uh, that's big. It's key. And just him being a leader too. A point guard. You know? Yeah. I said, especially him just being a leader, too, and like you said, a floor yeah. general. You know, he's a great leader. And uh, he really puts his teammates in great positions. For to sure. And be the best, you know, the best positions, the best that they can be, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully, you know, he doesn't get injured again because it always seems like he gets injured in the playoffs. Um, yeah. So, hopefully this year is a new year because I don't want to see James Harden by himself Looking like a lost little kid, man. I don't know. He's just coming down the court and you got to jack up threes, you know. <laughs> or, drop to the court, or drop to the basket, you know. Does a little Euro step or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see. But he, I, I think to a certain point, what was it, game seven, I think he got gassed. Oh, yeah. You know, he was out of gas. Yeah. You could tell. He, he was tired, you know. I don't... That's, that's why it was better they had have two ball handles like him and Chris Paul. Yeah. But, you know, even if Chris Paul, you know, knock on wood, gets injured, at least they have Melo. Melo, Melo is a guy that could put up shots. He, he could step up to the plate, you know? Yeah. But, and then, like you said, they start, they sign, I mean, they're not good, good, but they, they signed Michael Carter wins and Brandon Knight, so, I mean, hopefully that helps their bench out. I don't know. I'm just mad that, I'm just mad, I'm just mad Dan Tony never... Hey, I'm just mad D'Antoni never adjusted his play style. Um, and literally, like you said, they died by the three. And they were up yeah. at half, you know, in the six. I mean, in, the, in game six and game seven. And for them to just let it slip away like that, that kind of sucks. You know, he's just a, he's a stubborn coach, man. You know, yeah. he's pretty stubborn, you know, to not change things up. You know, he, I guess he thought if I stay with the game plan, they'll probably finally or eventually knock down these threes that all these threes are taken. For sure. Definitely. You know, it just didn't work, you know. Yeah, you're right. It's not working. Cost him the playoff game, you know. But then again, you know, I would say it cost him several games because same thing they did with the, the Suns, you know. Live by the three, die by the three. When he was over in Phoenix, <laughs> Dad and Robert Horry elbowed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Robert, yeah, that too. You know, <laughs> he's going against Shaq and Kobe. You know, I almost forgot about that. That Robert Horry man, what a shot! I think he got seven rings actually. Yeah, he does. The seven real, rings. the real goat. Psych, I'm playing. <laughs> Charles sure. Barkley would be happy to get half of one of those. Ah, uh, damn. Shaq stay roasting Charles Barkley. Like, whenever Charles Barkley actually is right in a conversation, Shaq is just ignorant and be like, shut up, you don't got no rings. <laughs> exactly. You know, and 
off Charles Barkley too. So <laughs> that's why Shaq keeps doing it. Damn. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Crazy, man. Last topic of the day, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot to talk about. You know, going into training camp, uh, like I said, I watched a lot of these players, you know, one-on-one interviews. And, and what stood out to me the most was Brandon Ingram and also, um, what's his name? Kyle Kuzma. They just sounded really, really confident. Um, so you can tell they've been working on their game. Obviously, I haven't really seen any results as far as Ingram getting bigger. But he said, although he didn't gain as much mass as he wanted to gain, he gained a lot of muscle. I don't know where it is, but um, they just really, really, really seem confident. Um, <laughs> they really, really seem confident. And even Lonzo, when he was talking, like we saw the videos, you know, his shot was really, really, really unorthodox. Um, but he made a slight change, and I actually saw that he got bigger too. And I was, and they they asked him like, "Yo, hey, how do you know um, that you've gotten bigger or strong?" He said, "I can, you know, take on more of that. I can take more of a beating on, and you know, when I get to the basket, it's a little easier now." So. Um, I think the Lakers are going to go in the right direction, and it helps when you know you add a LeBron James as well too, who's still the best player in the NBA. Um, so one thing I noticed with those, within those first two games, and you know even when they had their post game, uh, post practice interviews, is what they really want to do is be very, very defensive oriented because they have a lack of shooters. So what they're going to do is they're going to have to get a lot of their buckets in transition. So a lot of people were making jokes the other day saying, oh, Showtime Lakers back, Showtime Lakers is back. And we kind of talked about this a little bit before we started recording it. With the whole Showtime Lakers situation, I when I think of Showtime Lakers, I think of a running gun team that just makes watching the game fun. Um, and a lot of people are saying, well, what about, you know, Lakers with the Kobe and Shaq dynasty? They kind of had the triangle offense, which was kind of boring and shit. But when I when I think of Showtime, I think of just that excitement and the fact that the Lakers haven't been to the playoffs in, what, five or six years. Um, this year is definitely going to be something, um, you know, to talk about. And also, um, I really I really like the pieces they got. I mean, that's all they could really get, you know, adding a Rajon Rondo, adding Lance Stevenson, adding a JaVale McGee, just watching them play against the Nuggets, the Nuggets for the second time um, in the Staples Center yesterday. Showed a lot of glimpses. You know, obviously, JaVale McGee is still a little clumsy, but um, I think, you know, for this day and age with what he has to do um, and the fact that he has all these playmakers around him, I think it's going to be easier for him. Um, I really love Ray John Rondo as a floor general out there, um, and I, I really love the communication that he always stressed. I didn't really realize he was a basketball savant, a basketball junkie. Like, this dude lives and dies by basketball like a lot of people when they're done playing basketball they just want to escape you know escape their problems they want to watch netflix or whatever nah he's the type of dude that's watching youtube watching video highlights and just trying to better himself so i think when you have that vocal leader up there i think when you have lebron james and then you know you got these gritty players in the lance stevenson and michael beasley with this young talent i think that's a good mesh so um this year i think they're gonna do pretty well will they win 50 games i don't really know like you said before it is the west so we're definitely gonna see but you know they're definitely gonna be in the playoffs and then like i said they're definitely gonna be a team um that's gonna be exciting to watch and you know i like to you know try to to go to bed early but you know with the Lakers if they play at home it's at 10 30 um, eastern time so I might have to stay up for that oh yeah same here yeah. you know, it's, um, it's, I think they're going to be a great team but they need shooting yeah. they don't have a shooter mm. no shooting on that team you know 
lot of ball handlers, a lot of one-on-one players, but no shooters. Yeah. You know, who's LeBron auditioning to? Who's, who's Ronda auditioning to? KCP? Josh Hart? <laughs> Listen, these guys, they're not proven, though. Yeah. You know, we need pure shooters. You know, a J.J. Redick or somebody like that, you yeah. know. He, you know, that person knows their spot. They go over to the corner and they knock down those threes. You know, you don't really have knockdown shooters on that team. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. You know, are you going to trust uh, Lonzo Ball to knock him down <laughs> when he comes back? You know, it's, <laughs> but um, you know, it's crazy. And then Ingram, man, I don't know what weight he's talking about. In the game, I don't see it at all. This dude is long as ever. You know, he's still long and skinny like Gumby. I don't know if you remember that cartoon. But he's long and skinny like Gumby, man. I don't know what he's talking about. You know? Hey, man, I think Brandon Ingram's going to have a, a breakout season when I say that, you know, a oh, minimum of 20 so. points a game. Yeah. He's, he's looking really... He's an all-star in the making, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's just the West is so stacked. You know what I'm saying? So many players from the East have went back to the West. So it's like, even if you're really good, you may not make an all-star. Like, Paul George only was an all-star because someone got, because DeMarcus Cousins got hurt. Yeah. And that's crazy because he would have been on the starting team if he stayed in the East. (laughs) You know? It's crazy. I feel like this is the most talent we've had in, in the NBA in general. I think so. Um, eh, not, it's tough, man, the nineties were good, man. Ah, see, see, I'm that new I, age. I'm that I'm I'm that two thousands plus guy, man. I don't really remember the nineties like that. Yeah. You know, the Gary Payton's and Michael Jordan's Allen Iverson, Paul Pierce, Enzo Walker, Shaq, Kobe, you know, he, he, Kevin Garnett, you know, the Rasheed Wallace, the bad boy Blazers, you know. Mm. It was, I don't know, man. I think they were more fundamentally sound. I was about to say that to you. I said, I said, I think players nowadays are more athletic and bigger and stronger, but I feel like back in the day, they were more um, mentally stronger and, you know, like you said, more fundamentally sound. Because you were talking about, uh, what was it, Dwight Howard on the Wizards. (laughs) You know, somebody like him, he doesn't have a go-to move. I don't understand. You know, he's so big, he's so strong, he's so dumb, but he really doesn't have a go-to move. He, he's still, all these years in the league, he still looks awkward on the post when he's posting up and trying to do his thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, like I said, your athleticism will start to fade. You know, he's still big as ever. He can still dunk on people and whatnot, but his athleticism is fading. He never works on a jump shot, no jump hook, no nothing, you know? Mm. It's, it's, it's all about the work. Yeah, it's all about the all work. About the work you put in, you know. Clearly, he doesn't put in enough work. Do you think? Yeah, I was about to try to defend him, but I was like, like you said, a lot of players, a lot of coaches, and training staff, all that good stuff. They tell players to stick to their role. So, like, I always wonder, like a Danny Green, you know, great. 
perimeter defender, help defender, um, can shoot the trade ball, career average 40% from three. But it's like, we know you can do this. Why not expand your game? Do you think it was like a coach pop that was like, yo, this is your role. This is what you're going to do. Like, why not try to expand your game, work on your handles and be more of a threat, you know? Yeah. Um, well, then again, we're not in the locker room. We're not there. 